Hey, it's Chris Barnes here on our Amplified Wellness Podcast, coming to you all the way from Austin, Texas at Paleo Effects. Today I have a really, really special guest, Anthony Jay, who's the author of Estrogeneration, the new book on how estrogenics are making people fat, sick, and infertile. Welcome, Anthony. How are you doing, mate? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I literally got this book in my hands yesterday when I got here on 50 pages in, man. It's good. Yeah, it's thanks. an easy read. You said it was an easy read. And yeah, yeah and it's expensive. Really is. It's expensive to ship to Australia. <laughs> expensive to ship? Maybe I can buy a few and bring, bring back a I've few. I've gifted a few people in Australia the book. Have you? It's, it's like $40 to ship it. Just to ship it. We, we get stunned with shipping But at least costs. I have an e-book. I have an e-book. Exactly. Too. You've got a contact yeah. over there. We can maybe work out some shipping yeah, to get something. it across there. Um, <laughs> this book's very, very interesting so far. Estrogeneration, estrogenics. Let's uh, start by telling our listeners a little bit about what estrogenics are, because for me, I'm familiar with estrogen, um, but I wasn't really familiar with the term estrogenics. Right. Um, where did this concept come from? Yeah, estrogenics are basically artificial estrogen chemicals, so chemicals that act like estrogen in your body, right? So that includes some of these plastic chemicals, it includes, you know, birth control obviously is an artificial estrogen, it's designed to be an artificial estrogen, stay in your body a long time, act yeah, like yeah. estrogen. So those are a couple examples. The big ones, you know, parabens, phthalates, BPA. There's even one that mold secretes. So a lot of people have heard of mold toxins. Mm, yeah. But there's a, a, a mold toxin that acts like estrogen in your body. So these things disrupt your natural hormones. They can cause infertility. They can cause weight gains. They store inside your fat cells. Mm. They can cause uh, depression. You know, for example, birth control users have higher suicide rates, you know, just wow. as one random example. People that, you know, are exposed to more atrazine, which is a herbicide. Second used most second most used herbicide in North that America in, has in a lot Australia more as well. It's it's widely yeah, used. Yes, yeah. legal in, yeah. and, and in Europe, fortunately yeah. in Europe atrazine is illegal. Yeah, it's banned, isn't it? Yeah. So in America we have three thousand nanograms per liter allowed in the drinking water for atrazine. Wow. And in Europe, they have zero allowed, and the problem is, in men, right, our natural estrogen is about 20 nanograms per liter, 20. Wow. So just contrast that yeah. with 3,000 nanograms per liter, which people are drinking over that's here. just with atrazine Just atrazine, and that's yeah. assuming you're not getting birth control in the water, which <laughs> yeah. you are, yeah. or yeah. these other chemicals, right, which we're not filtering out of our water supply. No. So just from the water, the drinking water, you got to filter your water. Hmm. I mean, just get that out of the way, right? That's yeah. the fundamentals. But there's a lot of other sources, like I say, personal care products, you know, just a lot of these estrogens that are bombarding us every day. Mm. So that's what I wrote the book on. But then the culmination of the book is epigenetics. It's kind of this inheritance of these health problems. Mm. It's not just, you know, altering our health. It's altering the future generations. Mm. And that's the big problem, estrogeneration. A lot of people mispronounce the book title because they say estrogenetics yes. or something about genetics. Yeah, yeah. But which is also fine, right? It's valid because it's, yeah. it's messing up your genetics because a lot of people don't understand this concept epigenetics yet because it's kind of a new concept. So it's relatively new and maybe just touch on that for our listeners that don't know sure, what sure. the term actually means. So Yeah, epigenetics. epigenetics. Well, it, it's marks on your DNA. So the best analogy and the analogy I use in my book, the best analogy I've heard is musical notes. So like musical notes would just be you can pass that to somebody else like mm. Mary Had a Little Lamb I don't know what the songs are in Australia yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like just really simple dit, 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 dit. simple notes mm. you give that to somebody else they can play that on the piano yeah. right? that's like your DNA yes. you pass that on it doesn't really change maybe a tiny change here or there but epigenetics would be chords right? like marks on top of that right. DNA structure 
So the song is still Mary Had Little Lamb, it's still the same song, but now you've got like more complexity, okay. more beauty. And the unique thing, of course, you can pass that on, give somebody the chords and they can play that, but you can modify those chords without changing the DNA, see? And those chords can be modified through lifestyle, stress. Hormones. Estrogens, estrogenics. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. And, and in good ways and bad ways. So, you know, it's not always a bad thing mm. to have changes in epigenetics. Your body is mm. constantly responding to the environment, mm. changing epigenetics. The problem with these hormones that are specifically, you know, altering your natural, these estrogenics, right, these artificial estrogens, mm. is natural estrogen, when it binds the estrogen receptor, it goes into the nucleus. You know, so that's a it's unique cell, thing. Yeah. Not, not everything does that. A lot of things, they go inside the cytosol itself. So there's actually a membrane on the cell, yeah. right? Plasma membrane, everybody knows. But there's another membrane around the DNA. It's called the nuclear membrane. Not a lot of things go into the nucleus. They don't go into the nuclear membrane, right? So they get inside the cell, but that doesn't mean they're getting into the nucleus okay. and messing with the DNA. These estrogen does, testosterone does as well. It binds the, uh, Hormones. the yeah. estrogen receptor, goes into the nucleus, and now you can see where the problem sets up, right? Because now we're changing these marks on top of the DNA. I mean, we're physically right there. And, and sure enough, on, you yeah. see that in the scientific research. That's incredible. And one thing that really grabbed me, um, I was up late last night reading this book, um, that there's estrogen receptors literally in every cell, every in, your cell in your body. I was going through and just like reading the organs that are affected. It's literally exactly. <laughs> every organ in your body. So exactly. these estrogenics are affecting every single organ That's in your body. You can systems. see how insidious they can be if they get out of control. Yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of researchers, I'm a researcher by, you know, by trade, and a lot of researchers are just interested in toxicity. Hmm. They're just measuring, well, what's the toxic dose of BPA? And then the FDA or whatever regulatory board says, okay, that's the toxic dose. We can have half of that or something is legally yeah, allowed. Yeah. The problem with that is they're not factoring in these other similar chemical structures, right? Mm. Like if you've got a BPA at a high dose, and then you've got phthalates at a high dose, maybe both of those are within the, some toxicity you know, mm. range that's not toxic. But when you add them together, suddenly they are toxic, or even worse, they're altering your DNA, yeah, yeah. which has a lot longer-term impact. So you might not even see short-term impacts, but really? 10 years from now, you've got problems. You yeah, know? yeah. And, um, you touched on drinking water. Like I, I knew that things like fluoridated water and, and the chlorines and things in the water, but you mentioned the birth control pill. Yeah. Uh, in this book in particular, uh, where right. you went to university, they, they spoke about not drinking the, the tap Florida. water. Yeah, yeah in they Florida. do a lot of recycling of the water. Would this Florida. be across the board? Like it's it's pretty much you find the birth control in the, yeah. populated, cities. In the populated cities. So out in the country, at least in America, you've got the atrazine. Yeah. But you don't have too much birth control. But when you come in a city like Austin, Texas here, or mm. whatever, you start testing the water, it's full of birth control, real high levels. Yeah. So, like obviously from a fertility perspective. It's killer. It's killer. And men. Exactly. Like men, men, men are taking, exposed. Yeah, We're basically taking birth control. Yeah, how does that right affect now? us, like physiologically? It, it's, it varies a lot, but it lowers your testosterone. I mean, that's a big one. Mm. It's common. It's a common problem. It can cause higher SHBG as well. Uh, so SHBG is sex hormone binding okay, globulin. Yes. So testosterone floats on water. Yes. Right? So your blood is like water. So if you put testosterone in your blood, it would just float. You can't get it around your body. Yes. So you have this, what I, in my book, I call it the limo. So I, you know, it's basically the limo for sex hormones. It drives them around, mm. it gets them around your body, yeah, right? yeah. SHBG. And uh, if you have too much limo, mm. then all the testosterone is stuck inside the limo and it doesn't get out and uh, it actually doesn't act in your body. So one of, these, one of the problems is even if your testosterone is high enough, mm. if you've got too much SHBG, it can't even be utilized, you see? So 
Um, the other problem, there's actually three problems. Number one, it lowers your total testosterone. That's okay. a problem. Yes. Number two, it increases the limo, SHBG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three, it actually can block binding to the receptors. Oh, wow. So, so it actually, can, it, it's like putting it a goal, it. like yeah. in soccer or something, it's like, or football. You yeah. call it football? It's there, but it can't connect. It's yeah. like putting a <laughs> big board in front of the goal, and yeah. you can't score. So it doesn't matter how many players you got out there. It doesn't matter how many balls you got out there. If yeah, you yeah. can't put the ball in the net, yeah. you're not making points. It's just torture. You know? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So um, for, for men with low testosterone, you're thinking low muscle mass, yeah. things like depression, low sex drive, cardiovascular, uh, cardiovascular issues. issues. That's for huge. Sure. And then... Um, Motivation. motivation, male motivation mm. decreases. Um, they've done a lot of animal studies, especially with atrazine. Like if, for example, you go on Google and you search atrazine male feminization mm. because it feminizes males, right? Yeah. Like if you put frogs, mm. yeah, you get mm. breast development, mm. you get a lot of different changes, anogenital distance. If you want to get real technical, it gets ch changed. There's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elaborate on that one or just leave that one? No, I'll just leave that one. You, you can leave that one, that one later. <laughs> but, I mean, the basic idea is men become more feminized in different physiological yeah, ways, right? Wow. Including motivation or motivation decreases. That's not to say, mm. but like you can look at it with animals a lot easier. And frogs are a good example. If they if you put 200 nanograms per liter of atrazine in the water, mm. and again, 3,000 is the legal allowable drinking limit in America, you put 200 in the water and you put a frog in there, you just have raise a frog, the male frog will become a female Holy frog. Hell. Yeah, so. That's incredible, that's scary. Yeah. And if you, if you inject these things in animals or if you put it in there drinking water, you see decreases in motivation to run mazes. I mean, you can, you can see mm. a lot of brain changes mm. because again, we've got receptors in the brain, mm. right? They're all over mm. our body, so. You're going to see problems pretty much wherever you look, but some of the problems are more obvious than others. Yeah, yeah, and you, you think like the um, the compounding effect of this over yep. 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Right, like, right. Yeah, it's, it's probably not until kind of people are starting to reach their 40s and 50s that they start to develop all these conditions, and yeah, we don't even yeah. look at this as the issue. It's just right. like a, at that point yeah. they're taking drugs. Drugs and, and yeah. They think, you know, I mean, you can change it to some degree with your diet. One of the best strategies to uh, remove artificial estrogen, because mm. again, it stores in your fat, which mm. is a problem, right? So if it was just in your blood and then you cleared it, you know, you'd have these temporary exposures probably every day because mm. people are drinking out of plastics every day. Yes. People are not filtering their water. People are rubbing these fragrances on their body. There's good fragrances, but a lot of them have these chemicals, mm. you know, these parabens, these phthalates. Yeah. So they're putting them on their body every day. But the body's not just clearing that out, right? They're storing in the fat. Mm. One of the best ways to get it out, sauna, hot sauna, like 180 degree Fahrenheit. I don't know what that means in Celsius. <laughs> Another one for Google. 70 degrees, I don't know, 60 or 70. Yeah, it's pretty, it's we pretty, go in it's our pretty hot. It's pretty hot, yeah. And yeah. Um, you get in there, and sauna speeds up molecular motion. Okay. So the molecules are moving faster, and that clears a lot of them from the from the fat cells. In fact, they've done studies where they do skin patch testing. Okay. And they'll put, it's basically like a nicotine patch without yeah. the nicotine. They put that on people's skin. And if you send them into a sauna and you test people that are in saunas and not in saunas, people in saunas, they're sweating out all these chemicals. You can test the patch, take the patch off and you test the wow. chemicals. The sweat, you've got lo like loads of BPA on that. Yeah. You've got the phthalates, you know? So again, that's probably the best strategy. Is that the best strategy to think, get them out? Yeah. As far as I can, as far as I've come across mm. and, you know, I think that's one of the reasons you get increased longevity with saunas and you get so many benefits mm. across such a spectra. One yeah. of the big reasons, there's a lot of reasons, yeah, yeah. but one of the big ones is you're decreasing these chemicals. 
and um, infrared saunas are they infrared just, are great as, too, just yeah. as effective? Yeah. If, yeah. I think heat is really important. Heat is I mean, I like infrared because it gets into your body mm. deeper. Mm. But I also like, you know, I want to see the heat. I think it's a, infrared is unique because it it has a lot of other benefits. Yeah, mitochondrial like, health and yeah, yeah like it, in, yeah. you know, it, like it re, uh, it releases nitric oxide from cytochrome C oxidase. It, you know, it increases collagen production. There's yes. a lot of interesting benefits. So you can you can kill two birds with one stone mm. if you have a hot infrared sauna. Yeah, yeah. But either way, I think is. That's fantastic. Help. And um, one of the things you mentioned here about obviously the, the fat and the storage of these estrogenics mm. up to 10 years or, or even longer exactly. stored they've, within the fat cells. Yeah, they've done studies on fat cells and they talk about, they've actually looked at people that were exposed to the atomic bomb. Yeah. And so they have these radioactive molecules that are still present. So you can do these half-life studies and they've mm. shown that the average fat cell, the life of an average fat cell is a year and a half, mm. just the average cell, yeah. but they've found cells that are up to 10 years old from fat cells, right? So in other words, you can store these chemicals at least that long, Yeah. you know? And of course, that's not even factoring in the epigenetic changes, these marks on the DNA that you can pass to the next mm. generation. And the studies with that are really interesting because, sorry about the mic there. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I thought it was mine dropping off. <laughs> that's all good. Getting too, yeah. getting too excited. Too excited. <laughs> the studies with the, uh, with the epigenetics, you know, you can imagine that if you're pregnant and you're exposed to these chemicals, you're exposing the fetus, mm. right? So that's going to cause an impact, and you can just blame that on the exposure, the mm. direct exposure. In fact, because the fetus develops gonads, rather it's egg and sperm, right? Those will also, you know, those stem cells will be affected. So you can imagine that three generations just from one exposure mm. can be affected, but the fourth generation they're also affected. And that's the crazy thing. It's incredible. Right, like that's the proof that it's epigenetic, the marks on the DNA yeah. are affected. It's not just the direct exposure. And they've done that in animal studies. There's a guy named Michael Skinner mm. um, out in Washington. And he's, he, at any given time, he grows three to 5,000 mice in his lab. Mm. And he does generational studies. And I mean, like I said, he's proven with these estrogen chemicals up to four generations. I mean, that's as far as he goes because it's so expensive yeah, to grow yeah, this many yeah. mice, but that's the, that's the gold standard proof, right? To go out to that fourth generation, fourth generation. to prove it's not just a direct exposure, it's actually an inheritable yeah, exposure. Yeah. They call it transgenerational, transgenerational inheritance. in the book, yeah. yeah. It's incredible. So that's, you know, a big problem. And it's like scratching a CD. Some of these scratches, I don't know if you remember CDs. Oh, I know no, you I would. I love but CDs. <laughs> but you yeah, scratch the CDs. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. unscratch them, you yeah. know. It, Those wipes don't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's only so much you can do if you've really badly scratched your hmm. CD. You yeah. Know? So the best way to avoid it, avoidance is always the best. Hmm. Yeah. Minimization. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You mentioned it in there. There's a few different protocols people can follow as well. You can go pretty much full cold turkey and exactly. try and eliminate all estrogenics or hard, yeah. you start to reduce exactly. and minimize exposure. And, yeah, I yeah. try to make it practical and you know easy for people to, to follow. Mm. Basically, I'd make a gold, a gold, a silver, and a bronze yes. plan. You know, bronze would be somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, they're a college student, whatever. Um, you know, let's get rid of these big exposures, the big ones like filtering your water, things like that. Like the really big exposures, get those out, but some of the more fine-tuned ones, maybe if you're a pro athlete, you want to get really obsessive about this because your testosterone, yes. you know, 1% performance enhancement is going to be really important, right? But, yes, yeah. So different plans for different strategies, but, you know, again, it's all about avoiding, mm. you know, And you mentioned chemicals. filtering the water in mm -hmm. the book. Yeah, you mentioned boiling the water. 
just doesn't cut it. Boiling it kills the bacteria work. and yep. viruses and things, but these are exactly. molecules and yep. they yep. remain there. Yeah, so, yeah, so reverse and, osmosis. And the yeah. Reverse osmosis yeah. is great, yeah, yeah for sure. I actually, that's what I actually use. I have a special stainless steel one. Okay. It's great. It's it's five hundred dollars. It's called Guru. It's mm. uh, uh, Pure Guru. Okay. P U R Guru. I don't make any money from it. Yeah, yeah. I don't make any money from any of these supplement companies <laughs> or anything. So I'm unbiased <laughs> intentionally. Full disclosure. And, yeah, no. And and but the Pure Guru, it's all it's a stainless steel unit, and I like it because it has a pump. Okay. So it actually, rather than storing, making reverse osmosis, and then having a big plastic tank, yes. uh, right? You're actually just pumping water through this stainless steel unit. Now yeah. it's better to have a, a reverse osmosis and store it mm. a little bit in the plastic tank and get it out mm. rather than just having it like straight. Obviously, filtering it is better yeah, than yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. But this unit is really impressive because it's got activated charcoal, which is directly removing artificial estrogens. Activated charcoal is also called carbon sometimes mm. on these filters. Okay. That that binds. Uh, Estrogenics, artificial yes, estrogens. Yep. I've used it in research labs, you know, published scientific papers using it. Okay, excellent. Peer-reviewed journals. Um, you know, this this peer this reverse osmosis machine. It's got activated charcoal, and it's got the reverse osmosis unit, mm. and then it's got a remineralizer, so it actually adds minerals back in. I mean, it's really which is important, isn't it? Like after it helps, yeah. Removed, yeah. Can be especially acidic. if you've got kids yeah. and yeah. they're not supplementing yeah. calcium and yeah. magnesium, especially exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You touched on children. You're a father of four. Yeah. I'm a father of oh, soon yeah. to be three. How, how mindful are you now of estrogenics and yeah. your children? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I pay attention. I mean, you know, anytime I have a choice between plastic or wood or plastic or stainless steel, you know, I always go with non-plastic, mm. even if it says BPA-free. Yes. I mean, there's a big problem where it, they can say BPA-free, which means bisphenol A, right, BPA, but then they can use bisphenol S, which is just slightly manipulating Tweet, yeah. the molecule. It's like testosterone, right? Like when these bodybuilders use testosterone, they slightly manipulate okay. the molecule so your liver doesn't break it down or okay. something, and then, or to fool the drug tests. Yeah, yeah. They do that with BPA to fool the, the regulatory committees and That's things, crazy. but it still acts like estrogen. BPS, BPAF, BPF. There's a whole like laundry list of them. You can just keep making them up. So you no, know? no plastics so you, are safe, really. Like, yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, it's up to the honesty of the people making the plastics. Mm. And it's it's even it's even just a financial battle, right? Like if you start making plastic that's legitimately estrogen-free, it's mm. going to cost a little bit more, even a couple cents more per mm. bottle. And then people are just not going to buy it. You're going to go out of business. Yeah, yeah. See, so it's kind of a vicious cycle. So, but stainless steel, you can't go wrong. Mm. You know, glass, you can't go wrong. So that's always a good thing. Even yeah. even like room temp, just sitting water in room temp mm. bottle. I mean, you can get a thousand nanograms per liter of phthalates in there. Wow. So again, going back to how yeah. much estrogen we have, yeah, right? Yeah. Like men are around 20, women are up to about 400. And a thousand just so, from one bottle of water sitting there right, room temperature. Right, and so people think, you know, like, oh, women must be, you know, in the thousands of estrogen. They're really not. I mean, 20, they range between 20 and 400, depending on the time of the month. Um, you know, so yeah. women also sometimes are at about 20. So you, you throw in a, a few thousand nanograms mm. of estrogen chemicals, and, mm. and these are tiny amounts, right? Like, we didn't even used to measure nanograms yeah, yeah. in research labs until the technology was there. So it's, it's not trivial, but that tiny amount has this long-term impact. One thing that really um, caught my attention in this book was um, the estrogenic factor of lavender. Lavender essential yeah, like oil. The, as, a, yeah, as, a, yeah. as a father, like, lavender essential oils is a go-to in the diffuser and like right. rubbing on our children's feet to help right. kind it's of It's anti-inflammatory. Yeah. It's anti-inflammatory, but yeah. does, does that pose a risk? Like, um, it's estrogen. It yeah. also acts like estrogen. So yeah. they, 
they had a study in the New England Journal of Medicine showing these children that were developing breast tissue, boys, they were getting gynecomastia, mm. that's the technical, te yeah, technical yeah, yeah. term, <laughs> and, uh, and they removed all the lavender from their personal care products and the gynecomastia just went away. And uh, so then they followed that up in this same study by looking at the estrogen receptor and mm. seeing, does this activate the estrogen receptor? Does it act like estrogen, right? Yeah, yeah. And sure enough, it does, and that's kind of like the gold standard study, in my opinion. Yeah, does it activate and the receptor? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people do these rat studies where they look at the, the thickness of the rat uh, uterus and stuff, mm. but it's like, you know, it depends what the rats are eating, yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of other factors there. Because like most people in research labs are actually feeding rats all these pla these oils, mm. like corn oil and soybean oil and all that, and guess what? You know, they're stored in plastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're giving the rats all these estrogen yeah. chemicals, right? And then you throw in another estrogen chemical and there's not that yeah. much difference. What a surprise, you know what I mean? <laughs> but with these studies looking directly at the estrogen receptor, you know, lavender essential oil definitely activates, so does tea tree oil, it seems, and there was just another study this year that came out further validating that. There's been really? like three or four studies. Okay. So I get nervous about that one essential yeah. oil. I like, I like the anti-inflammatory aspect, and some post-menopause women need more estrogen, so in certain ways it benefits, mm. you know, in certain contexts mm. it can be beneficial. Yeah. But I'm cautious with that one. I'm also cautious with cannabis smoke, you know, smoking marijuana. That, the gummies, the edibles, all that stuff, you don't have any estrogen okay, response, so but the smoke you do. Okay. And oftentimes, especially with teenagers, you see a problem with fertility later in their life okay. or, or other estrogen mm. symptoms like apathy, you know, and things like that, like yeah. we talked about before, especially in males. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that as much in the females, but um, it's something to consider, and especially for younger people, mm. you know, under 20 years old, it's a real issue. Mm, that's a really good point. And Touching back on fat, for, for men and women struggling with, with weight management, how, um, how much does estrogenics affect fat storage? Because it, yeah, it mentions yeah. in the book oh, considerably yeah. about the impact of that. Yeah, it, I mean, it triggers fat storage, right? Mm -hmm. So it's through a protein called PPAR gamma, P-P-A-R, and then the Greek letter gamma, it's like a G. And uh, so it's kind of like flipping on a fat switch. You've got these estrogen chemicals. Mm -hmm. Again, they go into your fat cells. They're happy there. That's where they want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the problem is they're flipping on this fat switch. They're telling the fat cells to store more fat. Yeah. And you, you know, so if that if that chemical is sitting in the fat cell, constantly communicating, mm. store more fat, store more fat, store more fat. Wow. Right. And you, if you're not getting that chemical out of there, that's an uphill battle to lose weight. And a lot of people hit these plateaus, you know, when they're trying to lose weight. And a lot of it has to do it. In my opinion, a lot of it has to do with these chemicals that are in the mm. fat cells. Get those out with the sauna, right? Or these you know, like a few day fast or some kind so of fa fast intermittent fasting can really helps. help with that to Any, get it Anything yeah. to get into ketosis yeah. helps. Yeah. Okay, you know. ketogenic diets are following that. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then that way, once you get that stuff out of there, mm. it certainly, you know, helps the cause, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not, you get that switch off out of the system. So this, this fat storage could actually occur regardless of calorie intake as well. Exactly, like and it does. Yeah. a very low calorie diet, but have yeah. too many estrogenics in their, their fat cells. They've done just, those studies yeah, wow. in animals. I mean, that's my problem with this idea of just counting calories is where it's at for everything, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the problems. For example, if you give, there's a study about mitochondria dysfunction mm. in mice or rats um, with atrazine, and they, sh they gave them the exact same diet, exact same everything, except one group of the rats, and these are groups, not just one individual rat, mm. it's like, you know, dozens of rats, and they gave one of, one of the groups low-dose atrazine, and I emphasize low-dose because it's not like they're just blasting them with this stuff, just yeah. a little bit of atrazine in the water. The other group, nothing in the water, just pure water. Mm. Everything else the same, calories the same. 
this group got fat. Atrazine group. The atrazine group got yeah. fat. So, you know, you could be counting calories and and putting this stuff on your mm. skin through your personal care products, which a lot of them have. Yeah. Right. The cheap, just generic ones you find, and you can be struggling with this uphill battle of you're counting your calories, you're not losing the weight. You know. So, it certainly helps to get get them out of the system mm. so that. No, I mean, eventually you're going to lose weight if you just stop eating, but you don't have to go no, that no, far, no, no, right? No, no. Like, you don't have to starve yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. better to use uh, some of these, you know, simpler strategies, which you probably want to do anyway. Yeah. You mentioned, um, obviously, sauna, uh, any version of fasting, whether intermittent or longer fasts. Um, yeah, I think, it, it's all, it, I think yeah. all of that works, yeah. and it, it depends on the person and yeah. how much they've got, been exposed. Mm. And, I mean... Know, how much they can handle. Well, that's the thing. It's a like, unique situation. We, yeah, we've heard a lot, uh, like yesterday, on um, the impact of obviously these toxins in the body and people trying to release them too fast and not having the the, yeah, the, the clearance pathways to actually handle all those release of sure. like estrogenic yeah, yeah. compounds or right. other Heavy toxins. Metals especially so they need like to be that. mindful that they're actually cleansing properly with those detox pathways if they are trying to get rid of these. Yeah, Correct. yeah, yeah. I think it's more important with heavy metals mm. and things. Like, if you suddenly release a lot of heavy metals mm. into your body, you're going to get weird heart palpitations. You're going to have some weird issues. Mm. But with these ones, I don't think it's as big of okay, an issue. Good. You can blast them out pretty so fast. Just kick them out. So just go hard. <laughs> faster than best. Fasting in the sauna, drinking yeah. lots of water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Drinking lots yeah. of uh, yeah. electrolyte water. Yeah, yeah. That's no, fantastic. We've um, only just touched on some of the uh, estrogenic. Um, compounds. There's a lot more. Is there ten? I put 12. it into a top ten list. Top ten list. And there's a, there's, there's more, more, but yeah. I kind of lumped certain categories mm. together, like the sunscreen chemicals, and then. And by the way, they're making a lot of these illegal now, partially because of the book, right? Because, oh really? Oh yeah. Wow. Like Hawaii and in, in the United States, yeah. Hawaii just banned sunscreen. They say in the headlines, but in reality, they didn't really ban sunscreen. They just banned the chemicals the that chemicals I talk about in my book. Yeah. Wow. And other, I think there's ten other countries that have pledged to do the same thing. So by 2020, you know, in the next couple year or two, mm. depending on the country, they're working to ban at least those chemicals because. Not only is it harming humans, right? It's harming the wildlife. It's harming the mm. coral reefs. It's killing off all these fish. They found, for example, parabens in polar bears. If you go up to northern Alaska, everything's being affected. You think you're yeah. in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, yeah. and they're, they've tested 11 polar bears. They tested their fat, and they found parabens in every single one. That's horrendous, isn't because it? Because it's up yeah. the food chain, right? It's getting yeah. in the seawater. It's polluting our whole yeah. entire circulating the ocean, just like it circulates your blood, moving up the food chain. The polar bears are so up. Things like that. seafood consuming too many kind of yeah big. And then you get infertility, yeah. right? So then people are blaming, you know, like the dad who's taking his kid out to go fishing, catching a couple fish, and they're saying that's killing off the fish populations, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like they're hyper-regulating yeah. those situations. And, of course, they're overdoing it on the netting and all mm -hmm. that, but, I mean, we're killing off these, you know, the fertility issue is huge in terms of sustainability in these yeah, populations. Yeah. I mean, polar bears are a great example, right? Like, people talk about global warming and all that, but... There's also this factor of the parabens, right? I mean, we see it. You can look at the studies. Mm. You can see that's, you know, a contributing factor to infertility. So it, it's a it's a global problem, and I'm hoping to see more countries follow Europe in terms of the, yeah. the legal status because most of these are illegal in Europe. That's what's really interesting. And of course, Europe is much healthy, healthier mm. than America on pretty much all these yeah, metrics we, we talk about. Suit there. Yeah, definitely. Anthony, um, commend you on this book. This is fantastic, and just bringing more awareness to. 
um, yeah, I guess the impacts of estrogenics. Thanks. Yeah. Definitely recommend everybody out there listening and watching, go get yourself a copy. Is this available uh, on Amazon for, sure for people in Australia and, and other countries? Oh, yeah. Estrogeneration. Yep. It's been amazing having you on our podcast, Amplified Thanks, Wellness. Thanks so much for being on. Good to talk to you, Chris. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Cheers. And if you love uh, this podcast, make sure you subscribe to Amplified Wellness Podcast. Cheers. <laughs>